This episode of the Eclectic Gamers Podcast is brought to you by the Roanoke Pinball Museum in Roanoke, Virginia, and by me, he who shall not be named. The Roanoke Pinball Museum is an interactive museum dedicated to the science and history of pinball and its magic within. Their mission is to cultivate curiosity in science, art, and history through pinball while preserving and honoring its role in American culture. The museum is open every day except Monday and pandemic days, and it houses over 65 machines with models from 1932 to 2018. Roanoke Pinball Museum Go play their games, because Harry Potter will never have his own pinball machine. Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. This is episode 113. Today is Sunday, April 19th, and this would be considered our, what, second uh, quarantine edition? Yeah. Maybe third quarantine edition? I, I think, think it's second. the second one where we're recording remotely because there's stay-at-home orders in place. Correct. So, I'm Tony. I'm Dennis, and we don't have much news. Yeah, it's amazing. So, it's almost this, like with, there's nothing <laughs> going on game related since nobody can work or do anything. Yeah. So this might be a short episode. Who knows? I just, uh, I just wrapped up recording the pinball show episode and it's short too. So <laughs> it's just like, well, cause there's nothing. I mean, in this last week, there's really on the pinball side, there's only been some code updates because those are still able to move forward and. We basically never report on code updates because who knows how many listeners own the games that had updates. Right. <laughs> and then uh, there was, a, you know, This Week in Pinball had a write-up about an interview regarding Deep Root. But again, it was mostly talking about stuff that people I think are already familiar with. So I don't, I didn't really see the point in touching on it. You didn't have so. any new breaking revelations about how they're closing shop and going away and they failed. No, and- no. You know, talk about Raza, talk about uh, Dennis Nordman leaving, but not giving much in the way of specifics. So there's just not a lot to go into there. And uh, so I guess introduction updates. We'll, 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 we'll have some fun in the pinball segment. But before that, uh, so what's going on? I know we had a little bit of setup stuff because of your monitors. Yes. I have for several years now been a member of the <coughs> three monitor mafia. Uh, I have reverted to a two monitor setup because um, I took all of that there. Well, not all of that, but I took a chunk of the money set aside for going to Texas and went and purchased two 27 inch widescreen, 144 Hertz fancy Super special monitors. Ooh. Fancy. What I did was I completely, I tore down my three monitor setup because these two 27s take up pretty much the exact same amount of real estate as my three older monitors did. And uh, while I was doing that, I decided the obvious thing to do would be to completely tear my computer desk apart and rebuild it with actual decent cable management so everything's not just laying on the floor and actually hang stuff up and I mounted my uh, power strips and have everything run around. I also brought my second uh, battery backup online. So I've got two battery backups and everything's split between the two battery backups, uh, which means I should have be able to run absolutely everything I've got going for about two and a half hours before uh, with no power before I lose everything. Um, but yeah, no, it's taking a little getting used to because these are the curved monitors. Oh, okay. So I got some. I got two twenty-seven inch curves. I gotta say, I like them. They're pretty nice. Uh, what I found interesting when I was when I've been working with them is they are big enough that I'm finding it's not uncommon. I'll split them in each into two, so I'll be running like four separate windows while I'm doing. Uh, research stuff. So I'll ha- instead of having, it's just easier to read that way with most websites or with stuff that's reading because it gives it more vertical and less width. So I've been using that for what doing researching. I like when this morning when I was finishing up the notes, I had it broke into four separate windows and it worked pretty well. Hmm. So 
I've been thinking about uh, doing some monitoring up monitor upgrades. I had a spare old monitor that I did I, I bought years ago for a virtual pinball project, and we ended up uh, getting some other screen instead. And so I use that as my second monitor now, which it works fine, except it's not this. It's not as good as same brand, but they're both Acer's, but it's not as good as my main monitor. So, mm-hmm. and one of the things is it can't run the same resolution because it's Ooh. slightly smaller. Yeah, that hurts. So it's a little, it's, it's irking me a bit, not so much like looking left to right, um, but rather if I need to use it for when I'm trying to manage more than just email, it's like. I get a little annoyed because it's like, oh, the spreadsheet I shifted over there, all of a sudden I can't see as many rows and yeah. it's not identical. And, you know, I, I do like symmetry. So I've been thinking about, I don't have a huge desk. I could go higher than the 19 inch that I could probably do like a 21 each or something and yeah. a little more real estate. But um, I haven't decided to buy it yet because, again, I've made it work in pandemic. So I'm being lazy. Yeah. That's well. When I did mine, I ordered mine um, for pickup from Micro Center, mm, and yes. then I went and just went in and picked them up and left. And even that took over an hour uh, mm. because they had a big line outside, and the line was to be put on the wait list so you could wait in your car to be called in because they were only allowing like fifteen people in the store at a time. Right, right, yeah, for social distancing, yeah. So. So it took about an hour to do the pickup, but it wasn't bad. Uh, I did take two of my three older monitors and I have set them aside and they are, um, I've created a, and I'd picked up a docking station for my laptop. And so now I have a laptop docking station so I can just plug my laptop in next to my main system if I wanted the extra system. And also, my work laptop works on the exact same setup, so I can just plug my work laptop in, which is probably how I'll use it the majority of the time anyway. But because of the monitors are, so, are small enough, I was able to put them back against the wall, and it's not causing a big problem. I still have mo- almost the entire desk free. So it's not bad. Yeah, I could do something like that for the laptops. So with these monitors that I do have, there's always a use for monitors. So yeah. The only other thing I did was when I redid the cable management is I moved the placement of my desktop and it's in a position now where if I do end up going ahead with what I've been thinking about at one point of replacing it, it'll be a much easier replacement than it would have been before. Hmm. That's good. So I Planning it, ahead. Yep. Well, I that's I, I don't really have any other news. I've been working COVID stuff as usual, but I'm not going to bore more people into it because it's basically the same stuff as it was, except now it's more about money and less about confusion. Right. So I guess let's go ahead and go into pinball. As I noted at the start. That was a terrible pinball sound. Sorry. It was different. I was going to make an interesting little jangly sound and then I just didn't. And it was just, it just came off dumb. I'm well, dumb. That's the yeah, it's the stir craziness coming through. Have you joined any protests yet? No. Amazing. They're highly organized yet pretending to be spontaneous. It's fascinating. It's amazing how that happens. Yes. So uh in Pinball, what I thought we could do is something that we had a lot of fun with a long time ago, but we really only did you know pinball, the pinball drama, the pinball machine. But I sort of thought Let's just have some fun and let's just talk about some ideas, some themes for pinball machines and what we, you know, how we kind of think that they would work. They can be original. They can be licensed. The only rule I have for it that I wanted to impose was let's not do anything that everyone always did. I don't want to talk about Jaws. I don't want to talk about anything. I think it'd be a stupid pinball machine anyway. Yeah, I don't want to talk about anything that we assume is going to be coming out like Toy Story or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I want the, like, I'm okay with taking a, a license. And, and going through it and doing it, but not something that we're, we're expecting to have happen per se. So for example, I could go and say, as I was thinking about it, we could have a Dune would be a pinball machine, especially now that there's a new movie coming out. It's in my brain more, but it's like, why is there not a Dune? Why am I not feeding Shy Halud balls? I yeah, be- that would be a valid machine choice. How about a uh, 
a mode where you're the the lights are flashing, but you need to complete the shot bef- in between the light flashes because you are you have to walk without rhythm. That's an interesting idea. I actually kind of like that one. See, yeah, see, that's that's a that's a yeah. So that's a, so that's a, just a, a hypothetical. But anyway, so uh, any thoughts on cool themes that could be done in pinball? Oh, so you said cool. So that takes well, all cool that, that gets rid of mind. all of my thoughts. <sighs> Just, all right. Any thoughts on themes that probably won't be done that could be that, but could make for interesting pinball machines? Well, I think it's interesting because the sheer amount of media out there that is popular enough to get like shows and movies, but not popular enough to get this kind of thing gives you some options Uh, with the horror type level of stuff that has been seen um, lately uh, with the fanciness in TV and movies. uh, I was thinking a good horror theme and not like a campy horror theme, like a good, good horror horror theme uh, machine wouldn't be bad. And then of course that started me thinking down what horror movies would I want to get. And then I segued off of horror movies into hilarious hilarity. And I want a Tucker and Dale versus evil pinball machine. Mm. I think I've seen that once. It's so funny because it's just such a toss up at all the old horror tropes. And there would be so many points that could be used for good modes and stuff uh, that it would be, I think it could be a lot of fun. It would, it's one of those movies that they always talked about there being another one, but it's not actually probably ever going to happen because it's been so many years at this point. Hmm. Yeah, but what would you do? Like, do you have thoughts on modes for it? Or, well, I think it'd be like any good horror movie. A lot of the, a lot of the, anything centered around the variety of kills in the movie, and specifically uh, setting some modes where you're basically making shots to try and cause it to happen. Uh, because for those who haven't seen the movie, the basic, uh, overall thing on the movie is that there is the standard, um, college kids going on their retreat into the woods for spring break, uh, getaway. But at the same time, there are these two hillbillies that have just picked up a house in the woods and they're going there to set it up and turn it into their, uh, into like a holiday vacation place. And over the course of basically a giant bit of mistaken identity and, uh, hilarity and everything else, these kids start thinking that the hillbillies are murderers and killers. And then the kids start dying and the kids start dying because of stuff the kids are doing and that the hillbillies have nothing to do with it. It's just happening around them. Mm-hmm. So setting up like at one point, there's one of the kids thinks that, that one of their other friends has died, died because of these hillbillies and he's, he's tired of it. So he's going to go and, uh, in the hillbilly threat. And as he goes to do it, He's charging at one of the guys and he trips and falls into the wood chipper that the guy was using to chip up wood. So the guy's trying to pull him out and he's like, oh my God, this guy's suiciding. Oh no. <laughs> and then the other friends see him holding their friend's legs with him in the chipper. Oh, it's, it's just modes that set up that stuff uh, would be interesting. Uh, especially depending upon how your shots were set up, but just the whole kind of reverse flip take on what most the horror genre is. Yeah, I could say that would definitely be quite a bit different though. When you mentioned the desire to see a pinball machine that was straight horror, I thought uh, one that would be 
extremely serious and not flip the genre on its head. So, well, that's how I, that's when I was first thinking about a horror pinball machine. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, uh, that TV show that was so popular was the American horror story. Mm. Uh, okay. I've only seen clips of it. I've never watched any of it, but yeah, I've not seen it. Uh, I thought something along those lines, but then again, because of who I am, I started thinking about it. I just started thinking about Tunker and Dale and taking it, and, and and kind of taking the humorous flip it on its head side. Yeah, and I think that's probably where the struggle is. I don't know what the last pure horror. What maybe Freddy Nightmare on Elm Street from Gottlieb? Maybe that you know tried to address horror seriously because yeah. I mean America's Most Haunted is is a uh, is silly. Um, Monster Bash is silly. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess I as I think about, I, I suppose Alien. Alien tried to do do it justice as best as it could. I would do Halloween actually, the original Halloween movie, if I were to want to try and do something serious with horror. Uh, it's iconic. The music would work really well. It's simple, but um, I also don't think it would cost a lot. Um, the thing that I think would be interesting, uh, it might be way too unattractive for anyone, would be what if, as the player, you were essentially playing from the perspective of Michael Myers, though? So you're trying to collect the victims. Oh, Instead interesting. Of like, well, because that way you can work in the whole movie because it's like, okay, so you have a mode where you have to escape um, – from uh from the doctor and get you know get out of the insane asylum and then you need to have the scene where he gets the mask and then have a scene where he uh kills the the girl who locked herself in the laundry room and then have the scene where you know the wizard mode is him trying to get uh Jamie Lee Curtis and when you complete all the shots uh you get shot off the balcony and yay and you get up and you you leave. <laughs> you walk over to the sequel. That's where I guess he went. So uh, it's just because it's so it's iconic. Um, there are actually only like four or five kills in that movie. So it, you could have modes around it, like collect the the victim. You're you're trying to accomplish what he was trying to do, and that way it lets you essentially experience the entire film. Because if you just do it from Jamie Lee Curtis's perspective, for example. Uh, you, you got a lot of the film, but maybe half, but there's still all these other elements that she wasn't directly involved with that are happening. And he's the linchpin to the story. So I, I just thought well, that would be weird if you want to do a super, you know, super straight horror, but being the, being the bad guy as the player and you're like, okay, you're trying to kill these people. You're mad. You're whatever. I don't know what his motivation was. I, I I don't know. I've not really thought what Michael Myers' motivation is. He's just Michael Myers. They eventually, in the later films, sort of established that the thing they went with was he's just evil. That's all. It's not. He's just pure he's not, evil. That's he's the, not angry. It's not some sort of mental illness. He's just evil. That's just what they ended up going with. He's just evil. Okay. So evil. All right, let's, let's shift from a. All right, so we we came up with a couple of very different horror concepts. Uh, what about sci-fi? So I'm going to set aside my little Dune teaser. Dune's obvious; they need to do Dune. Obviously, I mean that something would... something that yeah, they just no way, no way they do. Um, I mean, I guess now because it's been long enough, and and I think it's well enough dead. Uh, we we could say Firefly. Uh, yeah, I mean. Too obvious? I don't know. I don't know. I, it's definitely not not ever going to happen. Uh, it, that's one of those things. It's like, is it ever going to be not too soon? Uh. <laughs> Since you started last time, I'm going to start. I'll start this one. The Last Starfighter. Okay. Again, great thematic music. Oh, it's got such uh, campy dialogue. But, you know, you're going al- along... I want you kind of like how on the premium and LE version of Walking Dead, you can earn Walker bombs, which you, you know, you hit the button on the, on the lockdown bar and it'll, you can use those to help you in your multi-ball and stuff. But imagine being able to earn Death Blossom. And so you just, which for those who haven't seen the movie, Death Blossom is indiscriminate kill mode where you can have your ship can do it once and it wipes out everything. And you could use that to, it's almost like smart missile from the daddy East Jurassic park though. It will hit every single shot all at once. So everything lit is earned. And, but 
instead of starting with it, maybe you, well, maybe you do start with it or maybe, maybe you, you go and you earn with, it I mean, in some capacity, but, um, you could actually, I'm not a big fan of video modes, but have a video mode where you're supposed to be playing the arcade game. And depending on how you do in it, you earn something like a bonus multiplier, perhaps. I don't know be, if, you, yeah. if hmm. you do anything with the, uh, on the ground stuff, like as the, the Android replicant version of the guy while he's got, so no one knows that he's gone. And See, that, I think I would skip that whole I, section. I never cared for that part. I only want the space stuff. Yeah. So, because every time they flip back to the other section, it was like, why? I don't care. But maybe I'm just saying all this one so that when you lose your, your last ball, you hear about how your ship is stuck <laughs> into the moon's gravity. What do we do? We die. Yes. Man, that's the topper. Is that little eye, that little eye thing? <laughs> It just little it's, thing. It's just a little thing that <laughs> yeah. It just rotates into place. Your little yeah. super fancy space the monocle. To- the topper is a helmet and with a movable monocle. That <laughs> that's what it is. I don't I don't know. It was such a, again. That was a movie that was set up for a sequel that never happened. But I, you know, it's silly. Uh, but I I think it's it's fun with a video screen. You could have a lot of interesting clips. Um, you know, the plot's easy to follow. Uh, you just do do something with a, you know, you do it in a sort of a Star Wars, Star Trek vein. A lot of uh, chasing, you know, I don't think the rules would be anything complex. It'd be more of a chase the light sort of game style. But eh, you could do, I think you do some some fun stuff with it. You know what? I'm actually going to uh, segue off of your thoughts since you went with <gasps> kind of an 80s yeah. sci-fi. I keep turning to the 70s and 80s. I know. Uh, Running Man. Oh, oh, that's an interesting idea. The Stephen King story. Right. Uh, I mean, because he's just like the movie itself. I never read the novel, but the, the movie, but the movie, uh, besides a having, you know, Schwarzenegger being the standard 80s Schwarzenegger archetype is just so dystopian and over the top that I, it feels like it would make for a solid pinball theme activating the various of the the hunters to go after the running man mm. oh yeah uh, that would work that integrate well i mean i th- i just think everything would pull together very well like that uh you could have the whole uh and the, if you could get if you pretty much if you could get just all of the richard dawson sound clips from the movie <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you, yeah, you'd need a li- couple other things put in, but frankly, if you had the if you had Dawson's sound clips from that movie, it'd be pretty much done as is. Uh, <laughs> I just, I do like the idea of activate. You go and you activate the hunter, and that's like your mode, and then you need to because there were several that you needed to def- you saw defeated in the movie, right? Uh, and I mean, they were some of them were played by some pretty big name people. Uh, uh, Jim Brown, Jesse Ventura, uh, but I mean, they were all just like crazy over the top takes on gladiator type things. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was, it was American gladiators, but as a death sport. And right. So, and I think you focus on the, that, the game show, the arena, you know, you don't have, you wouldn't have to integrate things like the dystopian society beyond that like all the the plot about the people and the and the how he how he was innocent and he was framed and all that it would right. just be about about trying to win the running man yeah hey you, maybe you schwarzenegger could, wants could to do custom do it without even needing any of the schwarzenegger assets because you could do it just as the show without concentrating directly on the movie because you could you could, but- you could just the player is a runner but there were runners I, before. I don't think, you know, they used to, he used to do co- custom callouts for pinball machines, and uh, it's, he's not exactly at the peak of his career at this point, so I think you could, but as long as you could get the asset, a lot of the audio, like you mentioned, the audio assets uh, from the film, there's a lot you could just do with those. Yeah. Even, so, like, you know, you defeat Sub-Zero, here is Sub-Zero, now Plane Zero. <laughs> The saw is a part of me, and I'm gonna make it a part of you. Uh, Buzzsaw. <laughs> Dynamo opera mode. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I made that sound like Tarzan. I can't do opera. <laughs> yeah. so I... Well, we both had our bad song moments this time around. So there uh, we go. Well, yeah. well, it's been a long month. So it's it, oh, I know, and it's not even over yet. So I'm trying to think any other genres like fantasy or. Uh, but yeah, Running Man was sort of a, it was a sci-fi action. I that was a I like that one. That one would be fun. That was one that should have been kind of like I often have said. Die Hard should have been done in the '80s when Die Hard was popular. Running Man definitely should have been done. Oh yeah, but but alas, they they did not. They did not choose to do it. I'm wondering about any t- any TV shows because uh, we've been going with movies so far. But we have. I'm wondering about any just any any genre, but a TV show that deserved a deserved something and it, it didn't get it and or an ongoing show I mean, obviously people are all talking tiger king tiger king documentary oh gosh now, no but, <sighs> look that's what they're talking about i i understand it's become a cultural touchstone tony somehow touch that i'm not going touch to touch i'm not going to touch, touch that touchstone no, no, I, haven't no. Touched either. I haven't touched either so i can yeah. say i shouldn't be i shouldn't be peer pressuring you to do so i i did i mean I've not been watching TV. Uh, I watched other than I did watch all six seasons. Community, of Community. You've been watching Community. Would that make would Community make know. a good pinball I, machine? I don't know that it would. I don't know that it would go with it very well. What about Scrubs, Tony? You were a Scrubs fan. I hadn't thought about that. Scrubs actually would probably be pretty good. See, I never watched Scrubs, but I remember you telling me you really liked. It. I, I I really enjoyed Scrubs. And and it ended so wonderfully, and then they brought it back because you know they mm-hmm. had to make money. You know, one I I would I think could work would have been you know we'll bring back some good Cactus Canyon vibes here. Deadwood that would actually probably be pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, especially as long as we have like the all of the profanity. We have to have the profanity rom available. So you can you you can hear hear the discussions with uh between oh like there was the there was the oh I can't it's been so long since I've seen I have seen all well I thought they were actually going to bring it back or do another season which seems weird to me because several actors have passed away at this point um you know Powers Booth is dead and right the guy who played the newspaper editor is dead but. A lot of the a lot of the main cast is still alive, of course. Um, it's just, you know, uh, I think Western theme can can work. And besides Cactus Canyon, which I, a lot of people appreciate, all the assets of the toys and I, and such, I should say, and the concept behind that, there people just we just haven't seen a Western in pinball uh, besides Western art. You know, everything that was Western, quote unquote, like Sharpshooter and stuff, predates where there was any immersion. So. Uh, you know, it wouldn't have to necessarily be Deadwood. There are so many other. I mean, some people might say, "Well, what about Westworld?" Which is, you know, that I haven't seen. Yeah, the show. Seen that, the movie. that's kind of goes back and forth, right? Um, but there are a lot. You know, a good Western movie. Now, I was talking about TV shows, and now I'm pivoting to a good Western movie like Unforgiven. I want Unforgiven would be excellent. I'm almost wondering, a Western Westerns like that too serious to be good pinball but we talked about serious horror so i don't see why we, we couldn't could, have a well, serious you, western you could go to like the quick and the dead yeah uh oh man what a thought oh i just had a thought let me look how many gene hackman movies would make a good pinball machine oh gosh what an interesting question uh crimson tide Crimson Tide would be you, good. Yeah, that could uh, be, especially if you wanted a lot of tight shots to really get that claustrophobia of being on submarine. I think I really like Crimson Tide. That's a really oh, good Oh, Enemy of the State. I've forgotten oh, about that, Enemy of the oh, State. Oh, the Will Smith vehicle. Right. Wow, that, wow, yeah. That one was weird. That was a weird movie. Um, that was where Gene Hackman was the 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 conspiracy theorist yeah, hacker yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, and let's see. Uh, well, hey, if you want another basketball game, you could do Hoosiers. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we need is another That's basketball. Game. Always an option. Uh, um, what was the What was the name of the movie that really made him? The one from the seventies. Um, um, let's see. Get pulled up here. On, he was in the Poseidon Adventure. 
That's a fun. That's a. I shouldn't say fun. That's a good action film. I remember the remake with Kurt Russell better though. Um. No, this was prior to the Poseidon Adventure though. French Connection. Oh, the French Connection. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's some film that really made him. Uh, yeah, that was I've a, seen it once. It had an interest. I, I maybe not. Maybe I would say maybe not do that one. Um, let's see what else with uh, with Gene Hackman. Um, uh, I, I just watched uh, less than a week ago, uh, Mississippi Burning, um, a, a movie where William Defoe plays a good guy yeah, along I've, with Gene Hackman. I've seen that movie, but it was years ago. Yeah, like that's years one with, and years ago. Yeah, that's an uh, that's a they are FBI agents uh, working against the Ku Klux Klan in regards to some missing civil rights workers. Uh, and the movie has some hokey moments in it, but overall, I I think it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I don't think it would, I don't, I don't know that would make a good pinball machine. That's a, that's a little bit heavy <laughs> in terms of su- that's, subject yeah, matter. That, that's probably a little bit heavy. And, you, and your sales to Mississippi might be fairly low on that model. So <laughs> we, we got, fa- we got to factor in some market stuff. Into the this. Birdcage. The Birdcage. That is an excellent movie. Um, uh, with Robin Williams. Yeah. And, yeah. It's Robin Williams and Nathan Lane, but yeah, yeah. They're, and they're pretending to not be gay because he is a conservative senator, I think. And it's like their daughter and these and the Lane and Williams, son are, are gaining are engaged or something. Right. I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it was pretty funny. Yeah. That was a, that was a really funny movie, but I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know, know how it well it works as a pinball. pinball well, yeah. That's a, <laughs> I mean, if it was about literal bird cages and you're trying to put <laughs> balls in the bird cage, that's more of a Tweety bird. Uh, <laughs> Sylvester thing. So, yeah, I don't know. Huh. I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, because, of course, Quick and the Dead, you mentioned that's got Gene Hackman in it. Uh, Unforgiven does as well. Mm hmm. A couple Westerns with him. Bat 21. Uh, I don't know that one. Bat 21 is, if it's still, yeah, it's the, uh, uh, the one where, oh, uh, Gene Hackman gets shot down uh, over Vietnam and the whole movie's about uh, them trying to get him pulled out. I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, it's it's all about a rescue inform- uh, thing. Uh, the was, other, was he in uh, one uh, where... Danny Glover's with him. Danny Danny Glover's the okay. uh, uh, other big character. Was he in a, and that. it feels like it would be an early 2000s movie, with Owen Wilson getting shot down? Yes, he was. That okay. was uh, what was that movie called? Um, Behind Enemy Lines. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Where... That's the only one with well, the rescue people one that I remember with Gene Hackman. Yeah. And obviously, I didn't remember it well because I couldn't remember the name. Oh, there we go. There, if we're talking about something, Flight of the Intruder. Hmm. Because then everything would be about. I mean, I mean, yeah, you're getting into the whole Vietnam War thing, but. Uh, but that would have lots of possibility. Sure, and, or and that's you, also Danny Glover and William Defoe. Yeah, or you could, you know, you do other, you know, other jet ones. Obviously, a lot of people have said Top Gun before, but what about Iron Eagle? Oh, the soundtrack would you be see. Better. That's just an excuse for an '80s <laughs> soundtrack. But hey, isn't that what Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy is? So, oh yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, you got put on. You got put on your tape player. You got to have your cassette ready before you go in to rescue your dad. Oh, with Luke Gossick Jr. Hey, Enemy Mine. See, I thought about Enemy Mine when you were talking about the last Starfighter, but it just seems so. It's really serious. slow. It's really slow. Well, yeah, I, it's slow too. and serious, and it's just like the sci-fi take on that old. What was the name of that World War II movie? Tafune's in it. I'm sure I've heard of it, but I it's not coming to mind. Is it Hell in the Pacific? You can tell how well we, I, yeah, Lee Marvin and Tashira Mifune, Hell in the Pacific. Mm. Yeah, it wouldn't be a good, it wouldn't be a good one either, but it just, I always thought about it when I ever, after the, even the first time I'd seen Enemy Mine, I thought about. What was that one World War Two one you, you like, Operation Petticoat? Operation Petticoat, always a hilarious World War Two movie with Cary Grant, where they paint the submarine pink. Yeah. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I've seen that. Yeah, that's that's 
that's just a fun movie. I, I, I don't know how well that would translate to a pinball machine, but that'd be a fun movie. Now, we did talk about several episodes ago. We'd made a joke about a 1776 pinball machine. Because we'd mm, yes. made a joke about the Leesville, Virginia multiball, where you just keep getting out of balls. Because yeah, here's that, a Leon. There's yeah. a Leon. Everywhere, Everywhere there's a Leon. Lee, Lee. And I've been running that through my head, that, that through my head over since that episode and just occasionally coming up with just ideas for that machine. Um, <clears throat> including the fact that it has, uh, it would not have a left out lane, but it would have two right out lanes. Mm. Because uh, never to the left. Because never to the left, ever to the right, forever to the right. Uh, and what really got me thinking <clears throat> was I was thinking about that single pop up on the side on TNA. And then Denise kicked out. Uh, and then on the Rick and Morty, it's got that single pop replacing the one bumper on the lower left. And that got me thinking about doing a wide, doing your normal three pops, but doing them widespread like that to represent the triangle trade. Oh, I see. Molasses and rum and slaves. And just one of those things that just keeps running interesting little ideas to me. And it's just, again, another excuse to have a soundtrack. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. yeah. There needs to be a shot where first it's, it's a, a duh, you have to decide the, the bird to be the symbol of America. And you got to go through the dove and the turkey, and the eagle, and then the turkey tries to win, and you got to yell at the eagle win. Um, yeah, no, that's a, it's a, one of the few musicals I like. So I can't say that. I like a lot of music. All right, everyone. That was uh, our real excuse to just talk about movies and shows, but gussied up as a discussion about pinball machines because I don't have any news. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we gave them some ideas. Feel free to write into Eclectic Gamers Podcast at gmail.com and actually give us something to talk about. <laughs> I do feel a little guilty. Though, I, just, a little bit. Maybe just, a little bit. Just, well, but there's nothing else to talk about. This is like, so I want to talk about movies. So that's what we did. We t- we, I'm not we talking about that. My, I, I had my alarm pop up on my phone yesterday reminding me about the pinball tournament yesterday and it made me feel the sads <laughs> oh yes yeah oh gosh what a mess well there is some video game news though i don't uh so let's go ahead and sift over into that because i i know about this first topic this uh ps5 stuff because that's what i've been reading about this week <clears throat> right uh our 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 first topic we're going into is the ps5 uh they have released the first look at the controllers for the PS5, and um, they are probably the greatest changes to a PlayStation controller ever since the very first DualShock came out. Revolutionary. And uh, most PlayStation controller changes have been minor twi- tweaks. You know, it's the difference between beige and off beige. <laughs> but yeah, with yeah. this one, they've gone from beige to tan basically the controllers got some smoothed out angles it's a little bit larger in the portion that you hold in your hand and things have been just slightly adjusted but because it's a sony product people are calling it the end of terrible and this collapse and it's ruined everything because you know fanboys are terrible Mm. yeah yeah, I I didn't think it looked that much different, so I didn't see what the big deal was. But I didn't even look fine to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I I I've been I think fairly transparently, I'm not a fan of the DualShock. I think it's an okay controller, but I don't think it's uh, ergonomically that comfortable. But you per, you prefer the uh, Xboxes where they've got the. Uh, joystick shifted yeah i think that mm-hmm. offset and a lot I think of people a, reason, a lot of people prefer the offset well and i think uh, a number of other controllers have done it for a reason now as well that aren't xbox so yeah that is so. just that's just how people like to hold them but anyway yeah that's fine um now also, go ahead oh i was gonna say i was gonna say i've been more noting the this whole discussion about the production though because right 
all the information I'm seeing is that Sony's been saying all these production things they're talking about aren't related to coronavirus. No, that's and that's what's weird to me. But they keep they have been saying it's not coronavirus related. But they are talking about having a more limited production in the first year than they did on the PS4. Mm. Um, and that seems surprising to me. My guess is that it is due to the bill of materials. And I'm wondering if they're not dialing back due to concerns about the number of people who will actually be able to afford one as the uh, economy continues its issues due to coronavirus. Yeah, I and again, I've read multiple articles, so I'm not citing a specific one, but I had read that some of the parts, some of the components have materials that have been difficult to source uh, even before the COVID issues. So that that may be part of the play. And then there was a source, I think I, and I, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't verify this, but I think it was uh, Forbes had an article and they had indicated that they had heard reports or rumors or, or, or internal leak or whatever, that the bill of materials on the PS five is coming to $450 just to build it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that was a Forbes article because I read it as well. And because so everything they were saying was they're talking 500 to 550 if they don't want to, uh, lose money. And so I'm sure with Sony, they're looking at this and they're like, the PS4 was a unit that launched at $400 and they took a lot of grief with the PS3 when it launched at $600. Granted, that was many, many years ago, but nonetheless, that if they can't, that they're, it sounds like they're unable to drive the price down. And so they think the demand will be lower, but I don't know. Cause they're still not saying what the price is. And uh, I mean, I was listening to, I think it was a podcast unlocked over with IGN, which covers Microsoft side of things. And they, they've had a lot of speculation that they think Microsoft is deliberately holding back on announcing the price on the Xbox one because that they're going to make sure there is no way it's more expensive than the PS5. Which would make sense that this entire thing is just a bunch of brinkmanship between the two of them to see who will announce first. Well, someone's got to get the price out eventually for pre-order purposes. Uh, so I, I don't know. So I, my guess will be if Sony feels it absolutely has to go second, Microsoft might blink first just because I think they feel that they're in a, I believe Microsoft based off the feedback, especially after there were more detailed tech specs coming out of the PS five. And I, again, another article, this wasn't with Forbes, but another article I had read was initial criticism was the PS five uh, numbers, at least the first set of numbers they released were under optimal settings, peak settings, and Microsoft had revealed their average settings on speed performance results. So the bottom line is on most of the components, it sounds like Microsoft has won on the hardware front on this. So they're feeling pretty good about where they're going in. They've always been inferior to the Sony version at launch on all of their consoles. So this is a big shift for them. So given that, I think they may blink that Microsoft may blink first just because they may feel like, well, we've got the better system anyway. So we might as well, sh we might as well just get our price out there and scoop up what sales we can. Right. But the, just the question then is, is there increase in numbers have an increase in hardware cost? Right. And that's where I think why Microsoft does not yet have their price out there is my, this is, this is my guess. I think they want to undercut Sony. But they don't want to undercut it by much. So they want to know Sony's amount so that they can come in and basically say, okay, well, you can have a slightly more powerful system for, you know, somewhere $50 or less, less. So why don't you buy Microsoft this time instead of, you know, just like how they lost so many sales to the PS4 because they were a hundred dollars more for, and it wasn't, a, you know, it was a less powerful system. It was the connect push that price up. And so. This time, I think they don't want that to happen. I'm sure they, they, I think they probably know well enough about what, because the specs are so similar on these machines, they have to know what the BOM is on Sony. 
within a few dollars. I can't imagine they can't figure it out just because their hardware is so similar in most regards. So based off of that, I think Microsoft has a good sense as to how much it's going to cost Sony to make it. And I think that they know Sony cannot do loss leader on their hardware. And Sony right. has to at least break even on the machines. So the and question is, how much profit is Sony going to have to try and get on the machine? And is how much loss might Microsoft be willing to take as a loss leader? I think Microsoft would be willing to do a loss lead, um, but I don't think they think they have to. So Yeah, I, I think they're definitely in the position to allow her or allow her to allow them to uh, win with the lower cost, no matter what. Mm, yeah. They, they, they just will not, they won't take the damage that Sony would. Sony can't afford it. And Microsoft can. Yeah. But, but I think they would rather go in and know and be like, okay, well, Sony priced at 550. So let's price at 500 instead of, you know, doing 475. Let's, you know, so we still make some money on our hardware if we can. That they'd like to do that, but, uh, and that's going to be, I mean, that's my guess for the Series X. I bet you that they'll launch it at 500. I think that sounds like a comfortable number. I think that's just kind of where I think they're going to come in at. So, and my guess on Sony is probably 550. That's where I think it'll shake out, but we'll see. Which, which puts them both right in the zone that people have been saying. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, so you see, the thing is, Sony has the 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 nice exclusive studio setup that they've got, so they've got the game. You know, people will assume they'll have the games. Sony has more wiggle room, even though that financially, as a company, Sony is in a much worse place than Microsoft. On the gaming studio side, on the game front in general, Sony is the big dog right now. They have a lot of wiggle room here. I think people are getting a little annoyed because it feels like. They're not sharing very much and they're, they're, you know, they're playing almost like defense right now. But this is like what you see in elections with people who have the lead in the polls. They are always the more cautious. So I'm not surprised at Sony's behavior on any of this. It's just they've got the, they've got the market share right now and they can get away with this. So, uh, but eventually people will need to know the price to be able to pre order it. So they'll have to say something eventually. And they sound like they still want to release, and I'm sure they do. They definitely want to release around when Microsoft does. They don't want to have to wait a year or something like that. That would be ridiculous. I mean, oh no, that would be destroyed. That, that would, that be, would just yeah, be that'd be like that'd be like corporate suicide sort of stuff. So they know they have to do that. So, I mean, I'm not. I I think they'll do fine, but I think they're right to to reduce the production, especially because of these uh, mid cycle like PS4 Pro. And the Xbox One X things, I don't know if there's going to be the same level of demand immediately because we did have these mid-generational upgrades. And the thing to remember with the P- with the PS4 and the Xbox One was the prior generation of the PS3 and the Xbox 360. That's like a ten-year generation. That was re- that was the ridiculous, most lengthy generation we ever saw. Yeah, and so uh, people aren't. In more recent memory, people aren't used to having new generations come along this quickly. Uh, we were when we were kids. This stuff changed all the time, but it was it it's diff. It was been you know that that period with the 360 and the PS3 was a very stagnant period on hardware, and that's what most of the people I think that are looking at buying stuff now. That's what they remember is just oh, I felt like I grew up with the PS3. Yeah, you did because that's all there was. <laughs> That was the only item you had. You had no choices. Yeah. The uh, uh, <laughs> the humorous thing I found was I did see that they are releasing a special edition Xbox One for Cyberpunk 77. It's funny because it's so late in the in the exactly. cycle, but it does look cool. It looks amazing. <laughs> I was just like, I wish my Xbox looked like that. But but that was my thought. It's like I admit this is an amazing looking Xbox. Who in the crap is going to spend that kind of money to get an Xbox at this point? Yeah, yeah. When it's going to be coming out, <laughs> it's going to look great under my stairs months. with all my other retired right. consoles. Because <laughs> it's like two months before the new Xbox comes out. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> uh, I thought it was weird. I get. I mean, I suppose there are there'll be a lot of people that don't want to wait and immediately get Cyberpunk, but uh, they all probably have systems already and don't need to buy a whole new console. Right. Because <laughs> uh, they were just so late in the gen, but yeah, I, yeah, I thought that was weird. That's a good point. Yeah. That was really weird. That was because uh, I, uh, I when I was reading some articles, I saw that and I'm like, what the lovely. Um, what else do we have in video games? Uh, games done quick uh, is running a special weekend event uh, for some COVID relief, uh, which I've been watching over this weekend. By the time anybody sees this, it's gone, it's over, so they're not going to get to watch any of it, but. Just yeah, I, a, I I knew it was on, but I didn't watch it. Yep, I've been I've been watching it off and on all weekend. The um, they did a similar thing for Hurricane Harvey, and they yeah, bypassed, I, I did see that one, and they've bypassed the money they raised for Harvey already hmm. uh, with the show with it still going. Um, and they did push back Summer Games done quick to late August, which that's, I believe we've mentioned before. Yeah, we we did. That's so, smart. It is. Hopefully, it'll be more available to happen because you can definitely tell the difference when this is not people sitting oh, in with a yeah, well no. with a well curated and put together and a team of people just to make sure all of the streaming boxes are running good. Yeah, no. The <laughs> normally the the live games done quick stuff that is one polished stream. Yeah, it, it, yeah, definitely. So uh, is there any game news? There has been some game news. Um, obviously, what I think will probably the big one that most people have heard about is Valorant. Yeah, uh, the hype train's high on that one. Yeah, the new it's, it's game like, this from is, this is the new Apex Legends, right? Except for they're hoping it'll continue to go big, where Apex Legends kind of died out real quick. Yeah, but I don't know. Riot Games isn't organizing professional esports around it. They're just letting it be homegrown for now well yeah but it's still in beta so well, no, I, I understand <laughs> but that but that that's how they said they want the whole scene to be for the time for all the foreseeable future and i given their background in highly organizing esports i just thought it was really weird yeah it is kind of weird and the way they're handling the beta keys is i think uh, that's annoying as hell yeah it's it's dumb but at the same time it is definitely driving views of the game. I think it's why the game appears as high as it is. So do you think it's it artificially is. inflating the inflating I think the, it is. Yeah. I mean, that was always a big accusation when Overwatch League was on Twitch and how many people were just watching to get the coin you know, get get tokens. Yeah. They were just watching Bot for blue. Uh yeah, I think it could be since the only way you have to register with Riot Games, uh, then connect it to your Twitch stream, and then watch people playing it who have gifting turned on to maybe win a uh, beta key to get into the beta. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it seems, I mean, there are a number of streamers, like Overwatch streamers, have turned to it. I hear it's like a CS, CS, uh, yeah, Counter Strike, Overwatch, Cross. I heard someone describe it as about ninety percent Counter Strike, ten percent Overwatch. Yeah, that seems about right from what I've watched of it. Uh, I've heard multiple people refer to it as CS Overwatch. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, because it's basically it, it seems to play a lot like Counter Strike, but you have some hero, some independent hero abilities as opposed to everybody just being. A character, and the only thing you have is your gun choice. Okay. So yeah. that sounds accurate. An accurate yeah. description. Then it's been interesting to watch what I've watched of it. Do um, you have a beta key? I don't. Okay. Um, I've only watched uh, a couple people play it. No, I've not gotten a beta key. Probably because I haven't signed up for a Riot account. Hmm. That could be the flaw in your logic. Quite probably. Um. Also. Interestingly enough, Firaxis announced a new XCOM game. Oh, did they? I did not know about this. Yeah. Firaxis announced XCOM Chimera Squad. That's my Chimera sound. <laughs> it was and a it, snake part. It, 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 it's interesting because of it's such a big change from the other XCOM games. Uh, it takes place five years after the end of XCOM 2. And spoiler alert. 
if you succeed in XCOM 2, the bad aliens are gone, but there's still a bunch of aliens who've now been freed who are trapped on Earth. So it has, it's set in a city that's mixed humans and aliens trying to get along. And, uh, you play as a special operations squad that's made up of humans and aliens trying to keep the peace. But the thing is, is all the characters are named unique characters. So there's no more where I, get to name all my soldiers after my friends and, and, and co-workers and stuff, and then watch them slowly uh, uh, just get mauled as I... Leveled up and become gods. Yes, that's what I meant, was leveled up and become gods. Uh, and to the point where if one of your agents goes down, they're bleeding out, and you need to stop the bleeding, obviously, so they don't die. But in Chimera Squad... If they die, you fail the mission and you have to start the mission over. Oh, wow. So it wants you to save scum. It wants you to save scum. <clears throat> see, I told, see, I was always playing this the right way. After yeah. All. I don't know. It you is, sound skeptical about this. It's very different from what XCOM has always been. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be bad. Uh, I do like some of the other changes they've made. Uh, they typically XCOM has had an I go, you go style where you play all your characters and then the computer plays all of its characters and then you play all of your characters. Uh, in this version, they've put in an initiative system where your characters and the opponent's characters all have initiative and you play through initiative order. So even though it might work a lot better if I moved this character to this spot to do an attack here, if they've got an initiative of three, that ain't happening because they're too far down the list compared to the guys with initiatives of like 17. So it will be interspersed between both sides playing. I see. Yeah, that that's another big change up for them. Though. Yeah. That's that's worked well in other games that I've played. Yeah, I've done the same. Uh, they also set it up so all of your characters have uh, complementary abilities, so they can for working together and doing teamwork type stuff. So it's not going to be like where I've got my my one long shot sniper who can shoot anybody from anywhere and just be guaranteed to kill them, and then a whole bunch of heavies running around with the heaviest guns they can and lots of explosives. Um, everybody's unique in that way as well. Uh, and uh, obviously you can play aliens and you can mind control other people. And yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, what's really interesting is it releases on April 24th hmm. and they've already announced it is on sale. For nine ninety nine, which is fifty percent off the base price. Wow, that's unusual. Yeah, uh, I, I honestly, because of it, I broke my normal no pre order code, and I actually pre ordered this game. Mm. Now, to be fair, I do own every XCOM game. Yes, I'm, I'm not surprised that you're going to end up with it. And, and, and the fact that, and in all honesty, I have double dipped on a bunch of these XCOM games. Uh, not the modern ones, but like when you include the old ones, I had the old ones, you know, when they came out on floppy disk when I was a kid. Uh, and I've still got them now on Steam because I bought them all on Steam when they were available on, first became available on Steam. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it actually plays out uh, when it launches on the 24th. So nice. So what have you been playing? Doom? Uh, you were playing Doom I've, last time. And I've still been playing some Doom. Um, I've not finished it. Uh, I actually went through a period where I did not play anything for like a week because I was uh, that last week when I was doing the working at home stuff uh, before I rotated back into my at work section, I was just, by the time I got done sitting here doing work and since I'd been sitting here all day, I went and read a book or did something else, mm -hmm. played with the dog, played with the kids. I didn't play a lot of games that week. Um, but since then I've been playing some, I've been playing uh, shortest trip to earth, uh, which is on PC. 
it's very much FTL. It's a roguelike where you're a, a ship that's trying to get from where you're lost in space back home. And it, you, it, it's literally FTL with better graphics and, and some <laughs> slight changes. Uh, and it's fun. It, it's a lot of fun. And the changes it does have makes it an interesting play. It makes it something that it doesn't just feel like you're uh, completely using um, FTL. It's, it does. It, at no point am I like I just I might as well just play FTL. It plays enough differently that it feels like a different game, even though it's very similar. Uh, I've also been playing. Uh, well, I did one big playthrough of Periodic Deliveries, which is a trade route creation space game. Uh, it's like a $5 game on Steam. Okay. I've not, I was like, I have not heard of this. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's like a $5 game on Steam that I picked up on a Steam sale when it was like two bucks. And you know what? It was worth two bucks. It really <laughs> was. Honestly, it's probably worth five bucks, but I don't see where the game has any replayability. Mm. But I could be wrong. They have made adjustments to it. Uh, they added extra late game content, but that was before I uh, had actually purchased the game. So I already had it. I don't know what it was like before that con content, but it was fun. Um Nothing giant and fancy. I did get some, a couple games for that I've not had a chance to play yet. Uh, specifically, uh, for for my birthday, I received the uh, One Punch Man fighting game. Oh uh, yes, I've I've seen a video of that. You've shared some of the trailers while that was get coming out. Yeah, I, I've got it. I installed it, and then I got busy doing other stuff, and I didn't actually have a chance to play it. So. I'm hoping to get some of that in this week. Um, I also have picked up a couple other little games on uh, Steam that I'm going to be given a shot of, but until I actually play them, who knows how good they're going to be. Mm -hmm. Well, I have not uh, continued my King's Quest progress. Instead, I shifted over, as I mentioned, thinking I needed a break from puzzle games to uh, Far Cry 5. So I have been playing that. Um, that's the one that takes place in Montana, isn't yes, it? Yes, with yep. the with the redneck cult. I I I started it, Ugh. and then just never I, went back. I I'm. It's not very enjoyable. I have not figured out what I what's not clicking with me with it. But I mean, it's it's got some really hard elements to it. Uh. I don't know, but like Far Cry Primal was so much better, and I I feel like it's just I mean I'm still playing it, so I I, I don't hate it, but as Far Cry games go, uh, this one has been the least interesting ever. I don't know, maybe it's just the story. It just it feels almost stereotypical, and I maybe my tolerance for jokes about. Uh, <laughs> about rednecks is at an all time low. I don't know. I just, I just, it's the story stupid. The, the whole, uh, the way I'm traveling around, it's stupid. I feel like I'm really limited in what, in my weaponry in ways. I, I don't know. It's just, it's so samey in terms of how much I'm doing. And some of those things were true in other Far Cry games. So I don't know, but I'm not impressed. Let's just put it that way. I'm just not impressed, but I'm still playing it. So it's when I've played the other Far Cry games, it's always been one of those things where it was like, "Oh, it's fun to just go around and do random stuff." I didn't get that feel on this game. I just yeah, like I I, I did hit fishing where, yesterday. Yeah, it was just like, and, eh. and I liked that. Like I actually liked doing fishing, which normally I don't in a game, or like you go hunting in this. It, I. I don't know. It's just like in the other Far Cry games are usually were like these hubs and you'd st like stealth in and try and liberate these places. And here it just feels like every 20 feet there are cultists and I have to liberate or just clear them out. And then they just more just immediately pour back in. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like I'm clearing anything. It just feels like I, I'm earning new fast travel points and that's it. I don't know. I just I'm just it's not great. I'm I'm surprised at how much less I like it than I did Far Cry Primal. Right. 
So I don't know. And I don't find the villains at all interesting, which was something Far Cry 4. And I heard, though I never played, Far Cry 3 had going for them. Um, no, I just, I'm, I'm woefully unimpressed. But uh, gameplay, I mean, the gameplay's fine, though. So in terms of that, I'm mechanically, I'm still going through it. I haven't abandoned it. I haven't decided uh, if I want to switch to something else now, because I don't know if I'll go back to it if I do. Yeah, and see, that's what I did. I switched to something else, and I've never gone back to it. So it's like, yeah, I mean, yesterday I thought, man, maybe I should go back to King's Quest. And I thought, no, I don't. I really don't feel like doing more puzzles right now. So let's just go and mindlessly shoot some stuff and throw some grenades and and pick up the, like what feels like I'm constantly switching between three different gun types, and that's it. I don't know. It's just so blah. This is blah. I'm really disappointed. <sighs> Now, that's one thing I've been thinking about, talking about different gun types, is is I think I might pick up Borderlands 3. I've heard very, very good Steam. things. I've heard very The first good two things. were a lot of fun. I just... Yeah, for I did not, uh, after the first two, I did not play any more Borderlands other than Tales from the Borderlands. And the reason was that they got very monotonous, like grindy in a way, once you got to the higher levels is like i was trying to get stuff to do some of the like end boss fights but it just i don't know like in a lot of ways two did things better than one did but there's certain aspects to it i just i was sort of done with the world and didn't feel like i needed to revisit it yeah but, um, yeah i can like, see that like yeah thousands and thousands of guns shooter, but they yeah. it felt like i got the ones that were good and everything else was like well here's a little you know here's a little twist on the like this one does a acid damage instead of fire well that's the thing is there's so many amazing guns and at the same time nine times out of ten it felt like you were iterating your guns up by it's like ah this one ends up with me doing two more dps yeah or you're just constantly getting gun eventually once you got to the end and it was like here you're constantly just picking up loot to sell because all the guns are worse than what you have right so but hey, I mean that's a. I heard they. I think the guns are supposed to be more creative and different uh, in the new one in three. So that may be help. That there may be some alleviation to that concern. Yeah, I remember playing a modded version of two at one point where everything where the guns were even like dumber. Like, like <laughs> yes, way more, even way, way over the top. Like, oh yeah, I just kind of hold the trigger down, and I've got seeking bullets that do blah 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 damage and. And, but that, that mod had like cranked the difficulty. So you pretty much needed stuff like that. <laughs> That's interesting. So that was interesting, but. That's about all I got. I mean, okay, well, I, there's stuff going on, but it's in this brave new world. It is a difficult time to be a podcaster honestly well at least on these topics yeah on these topics there's lots of if we were coronavirus podcasters we'd be pretty busy right Uh, if we were pop culture podcasters we'd be pretty busy we managed to turn it into a pinball segment yeah (laughs) so yeah sorry sorry about that sorry sorry but not sorry enough for me to cut it Sorry, um, sorry, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. Anyway, for those that want to reach out and complain about that, feel free to email us eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com or go to facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast. We're available on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram as eclectic underscore gamers. And we'll be back in two weeks, probably just making up more stuff to talk about. We'll That's my figure guess. it out. Yeah. I don't right. think anything's going to change in the next two weeks. I don't think so either. But anyway, uh, until then, uh, I'm Dennis. I'm Tony. Goodbye. See ya.